Welcome to Conversations with B. I am so excited about this journey where I am letting my passion lead me towards finding my purpose. My heart is filled with gratitude because you have decided to come along with me as I interview these special guests whose stories have resonated with me and I hope can inspire you. Welcome to another episode of Conversations with B. I am so excited because I'm interviewing my dear old college home classmate, Ms. Latasha Houston. Tasha and I met in 2004 at Jackson State University, and now Tasha is an author, a coach, a motivational speaker. She has a blog, and I'm just so excited to have an inspirational woman here with me today on Conversations with B. Welcome to the show, Latasha. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So what's been going on with you? I know that you released a book earlier this year. Yes. So I, um, I released my book. What is this? 2020. So I re- it, it's been a, it was a year in October. So I released my book in October, but earlier this year, I did go on my book launch tour um prior to COVID and I've just been just dealing with the release of my book and transitioning into some other projects that I know we'll talk about later okay that sounds good so Latasha I would like to know more about your journey towards finding your purpose like when did you know it's the book for me. It's the blog for me. Like, how did you get there, girl? Okay, let's see. So when life happens, <laughs> and you know, it's so funny because it's so cliche when you hear people say that your purpose is birthed out of pain, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, I ain't trying to go through any pain to get my purpose. <laughs> but that's actually where mine happen. Um, so due to the pains of life and the ups and downs of life, I started this, I started to have this passion for helping other women. Um, you know, when life got turned upside down, when I became a single mom, something I never would have thought I would have been. And, you know, I, I came from a single mom. So it was always my thing that, oh, I won't be a single mom. So when I became a single mom and just everything that comes with raising a child um, by yourself, that's when life hit. And, you know, it it was the good with the bad, right? You know, it was like, okay, I never thought I would be a single mom. But of course, my child um, is, was, always is a blessing. And so from that, I started having the passion to share my story with other women, which led to me starting a blog. And the whole thing behind my blog was, okay, I know some of the things that I had to be delivered from, such as the shame of becoming a single mom, such as the, you know, okay, life didn't happen the way you want it to happen, but it's still going to be okay. And I wanted to start sharing that with other women. But then I realized that most often as women, we don't share with each other because we're trying to um, live in this facade. Almost Mm. like, you know, it's like we're all walking around like we're okay, but sometimes we're not okay. So, in a short answer, I started writing blogs to share my story and I hashtag I'm imperfect too. And the idea behind that was if I share my imperfect story with you, 
I want you to become so comfortable that you look back at me and you say, you know what, sis, I'm imperfect too. And then you become brave enough to share your story with another woman. So I realized how much that helped other women. And that's what made me realize that I was beginning to walk in my purpose. I love it. I love it. Like, I know you see me smiling from ear to ear because I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> just hearing you talk about it. And I could feel that passion coming through you when you speak about it, especially you. And I could relate being a single mom and being young. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said, life has a funny way of showing up and the you want you want God to laugh. Let God know your plan. And absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I that resonates with me fully. I do want to ask you about some insight okay you know dealing with challenges while you were realizing your purpose like you said sometimes we have to deal with shame or wearing a facade and you're a moving machine all parts are working you know you're calling you know your passion you're realizing it but it's still you know those things calling you and pulling you almost trying to pull you out of it or distract you so to speak right so how did you mm-hmm. deal with those type of challenges um, a lot of healing, a lot of prayer, because when I first started my blog, I was ready to help women, but I wasn't ready to be transparent. Mm. And it tugged on my spirit so often, like, you know, practice what you preach. If you want women to be bold enough to share their story, stop sharing half of your truth. Mm. Okay. Right. It, it, okay. it really was getting past that point where it's like, oh, sis, you can tell me your business all day. And I promise I won't judge you. And I promise that I will love you the same and I'll help you. But I don't know if I trust you to do the same thing for me. So I'm going to give you a little bit of it, but not all of it. <laughs> and so it took a lot of healing for me. And what the healing did for me is the healing allowed that pain to no longer weigh me down. Oh, yes. So, Tasha, let me ask you this. mm -hmm. How did you know you were ready to heal? So I knew I was ready to heal because I knew I wanted something different. It was like, okay, I realized that life has hit me. Okay, I realized that I'm a single mom. I realized some things have changed and not all gone my way. But I don't want to waddle in that. Like now I'm ready to be victorious. And the biggest thing I'll be totally honest that made me realize that I was ready to change is I didn't want to mess up another human. And now I had a child and trying to heal while also raising the child differently. It is hard. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm drained. (laughs) I'm emotionally hurt. You know, life is not going the way I want it to go, but I'm teaching you to be resilient and I'm teaching you to be brave and I'm teaching you to not let anything stop you. But here I am, you know, letting it stop me almost. Right. And so I knew then that my healing wasn't just on me. And that's when I started going to therapy. Yeah. The healing was non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. Okay. Because I was not going to mess someone else up. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. And it's, it shows your selflessness. I yes. think, and I don't want to misspeak. So please, listeners, please do not get offended when I say this. But it's something about the women that I meet that are mothers, particularly 
single mothers. Mm -hmm. We do have our moments where we cry, where we, you know, feel down, where it's whatever, but it's like we, even if we want to waddle in it, we Hmm, don't even get the time. We don't, yeah, we don't get the, um, the, the luxury to waddle in Mm -hmm. it. And I, and I have some, some people in my life that don't have children that go through different, you know, episodes and up and down, ups and downs. And I try to be way more empathetic because I'm mm-hmm. like, well, they have the space to do it. They don't have to show You're up right. and show out and be mommy. But mm-hmm. I will say that that's something common that I have recognized in the women that I know that are, you know, single moms. It gets hard. So we do have to push ourselves into therapy. Even when we have nothing left to give, we have to find something to give because we have these little people. So, And I will say that I agree with you 100% and not that I minimize anyone else's life, anyone else's pain, but it's like in the morning, if I get up and I'm down, I got about five minutes to to cry for a second before I got to wake this baby up and Mm. wake this child up and get them ready for school. In the evening when I'm drained, from work and I just want a moment to just break down. Okay, you could do that on the way to daycare because you got about 30 minutes before pickup time. <laughs> and yeah. so I know I totally get it. Not minimizing anyone else's pain, but you know, that single mom life. And like I said, it's, it, it, it's a whole nother beast because you just don't have the time. And then by the time you, you have the time at night to yourself, you so drained, you go to sleep. It's like, I'm just going to go ahead and just call it a night. It's the sleep for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sleep for me. Girl, I, I, I get it. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. um, so let me ask you this. So now you're not just Latasha Houston. You know, you are an icon on the rise, right? You are cornbread fed bible led you are you know everything but when did like what was the turning point when it was more than I'm writing this blog I'm healing I'm helping women and you realize that you were building a business and you you are a brand like how how did that happen (laughs) let me know (laughs) <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out myself, Brittany. It's like I woke up one day and it was like, wait a minute, when did life turn? So um, when I started to write my blogs, um, yep, when I started Biblically Led Cornbread Fed and I started to, you know, write my blogs and I realized that people were reading them and, you know, just sharing their thoughts. Like I would get private messages. Like you have no idea how much they helped me or I was dealing with the same thing too from all, from women, from all walks of life, you know, from wives to single moms to corporate America to entrepreneurs. And I would always say, I never thought I could help you. Oh, mm-hmm. I never, like, for example, I never thought as a single mom, I could give a wife some advice, right? And I'm like, you know, so it's just the craziest thing the devil gets in your head. But so after I wrote, after I wrote blogs for about a year, it started being on my heart heavy to write a book. And I was like, nah, I never wanted to be an author. I'm not going to do that. Writing these blogs are enough. And it started waking me up at night. Like, you got to start writing these books. And I remember I said to God, okay, let's do this. It was two o'clock in the morning. I said, okay, I'll get up and I'll get on this computer and I'll start to write whatever comes to mind. But you better make it good because I, I can't think of anything that I can write in a book, right? And girl, I got on the computer and within 30 minutes, I had the table of contents. 
Oh, and wow. I know. And then it's like, from there, I started writing a book, right? But the thing that made me really realize that I was building a business and a brand is when after I wrote the book and I, I gave it to the publisher and I realized I was releasing the book, I was like, I don't want to do a traditional book signing. I said, it's just something about that that I just don't want to do. I'm just too, too creative for that. My uh, major in college is uh, public relations. I'm like, I'm just too creative for that. So that's how the, so the title of my book is called The Seven Year Promise. And when I was looking for a non-traditional way to do my book signing, that's how I came up with the concept of the seven year promise lab. And the whole theory behind the seven year promise lab was that, you know, in the lab, you, you know, you, you do experiments, you learn, you do research, all of that. So I'm like, okay, I want to create an atmosphere where it's about my book. You learn that I've released the book. You learn that I'm an author, all of that, but it's about the, it's about the readers. So when you come to my book signing, it's not just about my book. It's about you coming into this lab, learning more about you and me giving you the tools that I use while writing my book or while in, on my journey. So for example, at my seven year promise lab in Huntsville, I brought my therapist. And I said, because I know it's a taboo in the black community for people to go to therapy, but therapy was the biggest part of my journey that helped me heal. So I, br I brought my therapist in to talk to people about how it's okay to you know, get therapy. I brought, you know, one of my prayer warrior friends in with me. So I just, it was like bringing a toolbox. And mm. in this thing, I, I created a lab worksheet, everything. And it was just about dissecting and learning about you and coming up with your hypothesis, your conclusion about yourself, about what you need to take away to move forward. And it was, I guess, I don't want to brag, but it was so great that I kept getting so much, <laughs> I kept getting so much good feedback about it that people were like, you should turn this concept into a workshop. And I'm like, no, it was just supposed to be a non-traditional book signing. Like, even when I go back and look at my social media posts and I get those Facebook memories, the hashtag is you're not so traditional book signing. And that led to Jackson State University asking me to come and do a seven-year promise lab there. That led to churches asking me to come do a seven-year promise lab there. So what started as a, for a concept for a book signing ended up being a whole workshop series. And so I, I was like, I think I just built a business. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's when I was like, okay, I might want to get the LLC going. <laughs> so that's how I woke up one day and I'm like, okay. I have a business, the seven year promise lab. Okay. All right. Let's do this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and you didn't, you did not let Miss Corona Lachey, the virus stop you. I have, you. <laughs> I have been seeing you go virtual with it. Yes. So talk about that transition. So it's, it's so funny. Um, when I had the Huntsville seven year promise lab, um, I, you know, I shared it on Facebook and people that I knew in Huntsville, they were sharing it. And it was two women that came to the, the uh, seven year promise lab in Huntsville. And when we went around the room and everybody was like, okay, tell everybody how you know Latasha. This one lady stood up and she said, well, I'm crashing the book signing. She said, I saw the flyer on um, Facebook and it just looked so intriguing and it just kept gravitating toward my spirit and it just 
said, in my spirit, this is somewhere you need to be. And so when she happened to be a single mom, and so uh, when she, you know, when we got done with the book signing and everything at the end of the night, she walked up to me and I got ready to sign her book. Because during the time I was explaining my journey of a single mother, kind of like I did here, like that was the pain that birthed my purpose. And she, she looked at me and she said, thank you. She said, I needed this. And she said, I'm a single mom. And I looked at her and I said, God's going to fix that. And she cried and I held her. And so she took my book home and she read it. And I, I promise you every week she would post something from my book that she loved. Like, oh my goodness, I'm reading this book called The Seven Year Promise. And this is a quote from it. Oh, this book is just awesome. So that led to her first lady of her church seeing all of these posts about my book and then people were sharing them because they were like, oh, this is a good quote. So that church reached out to me and said, listen, I have seen your book several times. I have seen the seven year promise cover. I have seen quotes, pictures, everything from your book. Is there any way that you could do a virtual seven year promise lab? And this was right after I had just finished the three in person right before COVID-19. And I said, oh, I can take this thing virtual. Like it clicked in my mind, like, yeah, take this virtual. So that was the first time I did it. And then it just, I guess once everybody else saw that, oh, what she was doing in person, she can do this virtual. Okay, let's do this. This is a thing. Yes, I love it. I love it. And you know, even with the tragedy of, you know, COVID-19, there have been so many beautiful things and blessings out of it. And we mm -hmm. are doing things virtually and remotely that we never thought before. So I'm so happy to hear that you could still touch people with your story mm -hmm. in, you know, I call it a uh, quarantine-cation. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my Absolutely. little word. So uh, let me ask you this, as an authoress, um, what books or people have influenced you the most on your growth and why, or like on your, on your journey? What did you always, you know, cause I, I hear you and, and I hear people are quoting you, you are inspiring their journey. You are, you know, putting into their growth. And when they look mm -hmm. back at the journals that they're writing now, or this season that they're in their lives now, you're going to be that person. Oh, so, goodness. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering who's that person for you or what's that book for you? Or So I'll tell you the book that started it all. And it's actually the first blog that I wrote um, when I started Biblically Led Cornbread Fed. The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Yes. I read it twice this year, girl. <laughs> <laughs> that book set my soul on fire like just just to sit there and empower yourself so much to the point where you're like I am going to say yes, yes. to every opportunity to every goal that I've had to every fear that like that just set my soul on fire and when I read that book I gave God my yes Oh, yeah, it, it, it became a turning point for me where it's like, yes, mm. yes. So the year of yes has definitely set my soul on fire. One thing that I have learned, too, or has changed for me. So usually when I was younger and, and even growing up, um, celebrities would be like my 
oh, that's the person I want to be. Oh, I want to be like her. But the older I get, the more that I'm noticing what becomes an inspiration to me is an average woman that I've seen grow and build her business, her brand, everything. Um, just, I mean, take Michelle Obama for for instance, first my forever first lady, even mm-hmm. though she is famous now, but it's like, she was a regular person, you know, she had her own career, had her own life, her husband. I remember this quote that she said when um, they asked her, so, you know, if you wouldn't, it was some, I'm paraphrasing, you know, if you would have, uh, if you wouldn't have dated Barack, then you wouldn't be the first lady. And she was like, no, he wouldn't be the president. Like, oh, no, hey, yeah, he's the, yeah, he's the president because of me. And I just, she had her own, she was doing her own. And, you know, she grew as a woman, stay true to herself, stay true to her brand. And, and so it's those type of people that I idolize. Even the girl, and I can't think of her name right now, it's escaping me, who led Biden's campaign. And so mm-hmm. it's just like that that Black girl magic, that Black yeah. girl magic. So yeah, but the year of yes, I encourage every woman to read it because it's really, and literally, I mean, you can attest to this, her story about just saying yes to everything she was afraid of. Yeah, and one thing that, oh, wow. Not only reading it, but listening to her read it on the audio is, oh oh my goodness, it's like spiritual almost. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing I, my takeaway from it was just like her, I didn't realize how much I said no. Yes. Like, yes. It's such a reflex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. so I started paying attention. I said, I'm going to pay attention to how much I say no, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, I w- and in fact, on this episode, I'm going to go ahead and drop that book in the description so everyone okay. could, you know, refer back to it. But I, that book is a, like you said, it's a game changer. And I picked it up by chance. I had heard about it. And I happened to pick it up by chance and I did not read it. I just bought it and mm-hmm. I had it. And um, I went through this reading phase. I guess we were on like winter break or midwinter break. And I was just picking up different books. And I was like, I'm going to read this. And I had a long flight from DC to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, that book, I couldn't put it down. And then when I found that it was audio read by the author, mm-hmm. I said, I want, I because we, we know her shows, we know yes. her you know, as this TV writer, but to know her, and I knew about her weight loss journey, and I knew about changes in her life, but I didn't know the backstory. In, I yeah. know, and it makes you appreciate it even more, right? Like, yeah. all we see is the glory. But then when a person can have the glory, have the shine, be in the spotlight and still give you a glimpse of that imperfection, that yeah. makes the glory shine, shine even more like, oh, you, you're human, just like me. Even yeah. though you got all this money, all this notoriety, you're human, just like me. You have fears. You say no. You know, she, she, she had her own battles with kids and everything else. Mm-hmm. So, no, I'm with you. Um, I had heard about it as well. And I went every now and then I go through this phase where I'm like, I feel like reading and I'll go to Barnes and Nobles or to Books a Million and I'll just walk the aisles and see what stands out to me. And I grabbed that book. I was like, yeah, yes. And I read the back of it and she was just like, you know, an effort to say 
you know, to watch how much she said no. And I was like, okay. But that was the very first blog. I released my blog off that book. Oh my goodness. It was my, I'm saying yes. Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh my goodness. I love it. We're like so in sync. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you, I want to ask you another question about, okay. I'm going to call it your project-based learning lab <laughs> for your, <laughs> your seven-year promise. Okay. Where can we find out? I know it's virtual now. But mm-hmm. where can we keep up with you, find out more about your platform, know what you have going on next, and just be a part of this great, you know, cycle of, of women you're turning out? <laughs> oh, so I'm actually in a transition period right now. So like I said, just like you said, and I'm like, oh, I'm re- I realize I'm building a business, right? Um, kind of like you said, uh, COVID-19, although it has had its rough moments and bad moments for the entire world it has been like a cocoon to me um it's it's like I'm growing I'm flourishing I'm blooming and so I am finally accepting that I am building a business that I I do have a brand and so biblically led cornbread fed on Facebook it's also on Instagram um no spaces but um because I have taken the seven year promise lab and have turned it into its own brand Um, especially now, because one of the biggest things that I'm doing, which I mentioned earlier, I'm coaching and consulting with aspiring authors. Because what I learned through writing my book was that not everyone had the proper resources that they need to write a book. Mm -hmm. And even worse, when I looked at the statistics and and the, the status of American authors, and even worse, African-American female authors, it's so small. I'm like, what can I do to bridge that gap? Because the thing is, I know we have stories. I know we have journeys. I know we have knowledge. Like we have so much to share, but our voices are being suppressed because we don't have the resources and the knowledge to actually get these books out. And so that, when I looked at the research and the numbers, it really just saddened me. So I started the, the author's lab where I, you know, bring all the resources and everything, the accountability and a a whole eight week program to help birth more African-American female authors. And, you know, I accept more than African-American, but I have a passion because I'm an African-American woman, right? And Mm -hmm. I know so many times that um, the difference between me staying the course and giving up was one research question away. Me trying to figure out the moving pieces while also trying to write my story, while also trying to figure it out. So now that I have this author's lab and that's getting so much buzz, um, I mostly try to post everything around the seven year promise lab, the seven year promise brand, which is also the author's lab and everything else on my Instagram page, the seven year promise. So it's at the seven year promise on Instagram. Um, I still, you know, write from time to time on biblically led cornbread fed. So you can always look on there, um, whether on Instagram or Facebook and get updates there at well but anything pertaining to the lab whether it's the author's lab the seven-year promise lab workshops um just doing anything of service and presenting a service to women or the world is going to be at the seven-year promise on instagram okay and tasha so 
I follow you on all of that. So my followers can also go to me on Instagram and look through my followers and find you that way. But I'm going to add that information in the description of the episode as well. So there's no excuses uh, <laughs> to get on this good, get some of this good, good that Tasha had. So Latasha, I always end my episodes with a question from my empowering deck. So I know you've probably seen me like playing with my hands. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I I shuffle and mix them up real, real good. So I'm going to ask you a random question. And I I hate that you're not here with me because you're actually in DC right now. I know. (laughs) But I'm going to pick a question for you. And I just want you to answer um, right off the top. okay? Okay. What if, I had enough time. What would I do when I had the time? (laughs) What if I had enough time? If I had enough time, I would have more of the author lab. Um, Right now, because I have to feed my family and I have to pay bills, I still work my nine to five government job. Um, So... Everything that I have the passion for, everything that keeps me up at night, everything that makes my soul feel fulfilled, which I'm not saying I'm not getting that at work, but um, it has to take a, the second row. Um, and that's, well, maybe the third row, because first it comes my babies, then my job, and then the time that I have left for that. So I have so many ideas in my head. And I have so many ways that I want to reach people and so many, you know, I have a curriculum that I want to construct that goes with the author's lab and so much more that I could really build my brand. So if I had the time, I would sit down and put everything in my head on paper so that I could properly execute it. Without a, no vision of people perish, girl. You that's gotta, it. You <laughs> find that time, make that time. Tasha, this was so much fun interviewing you was a great pleasure you were a like wealth of knowledge and I'm so happy that you decided to come on my platform and not only share your story but let my listeners know everything you have going on because you are truly truly a jewel and thank you for dropping oh, so thank you gems. this conversation with be was amazing with you thank you so much <laughs> Thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. And what you're doing, what you're doing is great as well. Um, it's always good for us to have these type of avenues and platforms where women can love on each other, where women can be honest with each other. And just it, it's just so good to see. So I, I'm happy to see you doing this as well, because we need more of this. We, we really, really do. We really, especially now that we got a, a Black female VP. We need to have more avenues and more platforms for Black women to shine. Thank you so much. I received that. I received that. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening to this conversation with B and Miss Latasha Houston. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. To support Conversations with B visit my website, www.thespiritualandbougieway.com, where you can read my blog, join the TSBW journey, or subscribe for updates. Remember, God loves you very much because you were created for something special.